Can I be honest with you? Yes. I've never seen Pretty Woman. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Hello, my name is Susie Youssef and I'm just a girl sitting in front of a boy asking him to podcast with her. And Susie, you complete me. Me being Alexi Toliopoulos, your co-host. <laughs> and this is the Big Film Buffet. Where we serve up a three-course meal of movies, baby, designed to honour the Netflix premiere of the week, which this week is Holiday. In the first course, we serve up a starter of a genre-defining classic to prepare your palate for... The main course, the Netflix flick of the week. But the meal doesn't end there. Next up is... Dessert, where we'll offer up a refreshing sweet treat of recommendations for further viewing. This week, it's Date Night. Dinner for two. Because we are talking rom-coms. And I have to say, Alexi Toliopoulos is mm-hmm. probably my favourite genre. I'm right there with you. I love a rom-com. And yet, I don't think I'm that romantic a person. I don't think so either. I'm terrified of those grand gestures. No, I hate any of that. I don't I don't want anyone <laughs> to do anything kind of showy in public. I feel really weird about it. But privately, I think mm. I'm an old school romantic. Yes, exactly. With the soul of romance. Yeah, I think a lot of my early relationships I spent engraving things, which I think is a sign of romance. Really? Like what, pocket watches? (laughs) I think like um, photo frames and a ring. Oh, wow. A ring. That's a huge move. I know. I don't think I've even bought my partner flowers ever. Your partner is a florist. That's why. The stakes are far (laughs) too too high. Yes, I can't do it. It's like if she were to buy me a DVD. What is the most (laughs) romantic thing anyone could ever do for you? Oh, she actually got me the most perfect present ever. She bought me tickets to see that final Crowded House concert at the Opera House a couple of years ago. And that was the best date I've ever had in my life. That's awesome. What about you? What's the secret to your heart? I think... The listener out there that's falling in love with you over these few weeks can now finally find a way in. Finally, I'll give you a clue to my heart. Um, I think one of the most romantic things a friend ever did was we've been friends for a long time mm-hmm. and then we started dating <gasps> and he brought me a cherry ripe because it was one of my favourite chocolates but did not reveal wow. it until halfway through the date. But they knew. Really nice intermission snack. <gasps> wow, that feels like a rom-com in and of itself. Food will get you to my heart. Oh, it is. It's the key to everything. Well, let's move on from the realm of romantic reality and dive into romantic comedy. Now, I'm going to snuggle up to you in a very platonic way as we roll the trailer for The Holiday. We are right on target for Q3 and... I'm sorry, can I uh, call you back? Mom, I'm working. That's what you wear to work? I want you to meet someone. This is a doctor and he's single. She's much prettier with makeup. I'm wearing makeup. I am done casually dating on the holidays. There's way too much pressure. It's ridiculous. Try being the only single person left in your family. Rodney said you didn't call him. You didn't call Rodney? Why didn't you call Rodney? Why didn't you call Rodney? Because I already have a boyfriend. Isn't he great? He's my holiday. What? I date solely for the holiday. No commitment. That's what I need for New Year's Eve. We can be each other's holiday. Come on. Friends with benefits never work. Let's make it official. Non-sexual holidays from now on. I bet you anything they end up together by the end of the movie. I love this. Can we avoid this stupid pressure? I want you to find someone who has real potential. Not this holiday crap like your aunt. She seems like she's having fun. She's going to die alone in a wheelchair and a diaper. Oh, gosh, so am I. I'm in. I am sold. I love a romantic comedy that hinges itself on a particular time of year 
And this one is all year round. Does all the holidays. Every holiday. Also, Emma Roberts' big fan, Luke mm-hmm. Gracie, even bigger fan. So I am watching this movie. Yeah, I saw you looking at that trailer. All right. <laughs> Now, despite the fact that we're not particularly romantic people <laughs> in real life, we both love this genre. Yeah. And the romantic comedy genre has so many identifiable tropes. I love all of them. But talk me through rom-com structure and the tropes that you see in all of these movies. Well, they're very clear, right? I think that's why we like them, because they're so easily identifiable. They're almost always about two people that should be together and have to be together. But there's always some reason why they can't. There's always some obtuse excuse. It's always like, oh, I'm not really dating right now. Or like, oh, we work together. Oh, we can't. We host the official Netflix Australia and New Zealand podcasts together. Lexi, we can't. Think of the listeners. <laughs> well, in most other cases, the leads are able to overcome their differences and have that fairy tale reunion climaxing in a loud speech and public declaration of love. Like, I love that little wrinkle you have between your eyes oh, when, you get, so when you look at me when you think I'm nuts. <laughs> I think my favourite part is the meet cute, which is the moment when the lovers meet. So it's always full of serendipity and mm. happenstance, like they bump into each other at a shopping centre or they, <laughs> you know, they're walking down the street and they spill coffee on each other or orange juice if it's Notting Hill. Or sometimes their papers get mixed up with each other. Exactly. I love that kind of stuff. I love that there's like always this schmuck who is like just perfectly suitable for their partner, but will always get left at the altar for their true soulmate. And then there's always the best friend or the confidant character that the lead spills their guts to. And then we know what has to happen from that moment onwards. And you just always love that character. It's always played by a great comedic star. Totally. It's an old genre too. It's basically been around and deeply beloved since the screwball comedies of the 1930s. And early classic in this genre is It Happened One Night. It's a great movie. It's a road comedy. It's kind of like Plane Trains and Automobiles. Instead of John Candy and Steve Martin, it's Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert and they fall in love. It's so funny. It's so romantic. And it's one of only three films to win the big five at the Oscars. Best picture, best director, best screenplay, best actor and best actress. So Clark and Claudette are a great example. It's always about that perfect pairing of actors at the centre where they're playing their real kind of movie star personas. Exactly, like Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Or Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. Or Hugh Grant and Renee Zellweger. Or Renee Zellweger and Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, who was in Top Gun with Meg Ryan, not a rom-com, but Meg Ryan (laughs) is the greatest rom-com star of them all. All praise to Meg Ryan. I think the combination of Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, which is a well- trodden path from Sleepless in Seattle to Joe versus the Volcano to You've Got Mail. Is there anything better? Maybe just (laughs) one more combination. Yeah, I would say the one that we're going to be talking about as our starter, Meg Ryan with Billy Crystal in the orgasmic When Harry Met Sally. Oh! 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 Oh, God. Oh. I'll have what she's having. This is one of the ultimate classic movies of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, this is not just a great rom-com. It's just a great film. Absolutely. And what is it? Well, you should know. And if you don't, it's all about Billy Crystals, who plays Harry, who, would you believe it, met a lady (laughs) called Sally, played by Meg Ryan. They start out as people that do not get along. Which is often a clue that they're mm-hmm. probably going to fall in love. And before that, they become friends. Yes, yeah, so they're friends who meet in college. They go on a road trip at some point across mm-hmm. the country and eventually 
all those feelings get a little bit confused. Mm -hmm. All of their friends around them can see it. Why are they not together? And so they hook up and that is not the happy ending. It is the beginning of the kind of craziness that happens when you fall in love. Truly. And do you know what? I fell in love with this movie all over again. I've fallen in love with this movie every time that I've watched it. It is still so funny. It is. I think it's one of the funniest comedies of all time. You've got the great director-writer pairing of Rob Reiner with one of the icons of this genre, Nora Ephron, who also went on to write and direct Sleepless in Seattle. You've got Mail, which is one of the best internet movies of all time as well. I've seen this movie maybe 15 times, and I will tell you this, hand on heart... Rewatched this last night, and I still laughed at I'll have what she's having. It's one of the best moments of all time. There's also that little nugget in there, which is that the woman who says Mm -hmm. I'll have what she's having is Rob Reiner's mother. And she had a real orgasm. (laughs) (laughs) This movie comes out in 1989, and it's a huge hit. It becomes instantly iconic and its place in film history is so clear because right after this, the 1990s are filled with so many examples of great romantic comedies. It kind of kicked off this entire renaissance of this genre and made it very popular and bankable once again. You start at the beginning of the early 90s with Pretty Woman, While You Were Sleeping, My Best Friend's Wedding, Only You, Marissa Tomei, I love her so much. Then you've got Groundhog Day, Green Card, French Kiss, The Wedding Singer, which I thought was an 80s movie, but... It is not. It is a 90s movie. It's a 90s movie movie that's set in the 80s, and they do such a good job of it. So good. And then you round out that decade with Notting Hill in 1999. And that is, like, another classic example of, like, when these tropes work, they just sing this powerful melody together. Julia Roberts would have to be part of the all-time rom-com royalty. She's a queen of romantic comedies. I adore her performances. And right up there with her is Meg Ryan. Yeah, I would have to agree. Meg Ryan's one of my favourite movie stars. And her performance in When Harry Met Sally is the perfect romantic comedy performance because she like brings this movie star charisma that's like so undeniable to her. When she smiles, she glows. When she feels grumpy, you feel grumpy with her. She captures like that rainy day feeling quality so well and also like kind of introduces this idea of a high-maintenance person, which informs so much of what this genre is. It's the quirks or the more specific character traits that you eventually fall in love with. Totally. We see it in Sleepless in Seattle where she's mm-hmm. this highly strong reporter and she can't get this idea out of her mind and she crosses the country to see Tom Hanks' character. There's just so much to love about her performance throughout the genre. But particularly in When Harry Met Sally, the chemistry between her and Billy Crystal is undeniable. It's like the best use of him ever. Like he brings that kind of like old school New York Jewish comedy with like this lightness touch that brings it into the modern world. You watch this movie and you're like, this is Seinfeld. And knowing that like Rob (laughs) Reiner would go on to executive producer under Castle Rock as well, this movie's influence is not just bound to its specific genre. It's huge. There's something really nice that rom-coms do, which is pay homage to other movies and other rom-coms. It's something that happens quite a lot. So in Sleepless in Seattle, you see them watching An Affair to Remember, which is a classic romantic film. You've got Mail is a remake of a beautiful classic film called Little Shop Around the Corner with Jimmy Stewart and Margaret Sullivan. And I think these stories stand up because the focus is character-driven. It's about these relationships between these characters that you just fall in love with and it kind of doesn't matter what setting you put them in, they still work. 
It's so interesting to me that when Harry Met Sally is like this genre-defining classic, because when it comes out, it kind of like revolutionizes the genre in a way where it starts talking about things in a very modern context. You know, they've got very frank conversations about sex and sexuality. It still kind of plays into these tropes, but in a way that feels very fresh and modern. The thing that I love most about this movie is this stylistic choice that they have of getting like these actors that are playing real life couples mm. and having these talking head interviews with them about how they met their meet cute scenarios, if you will. I love those interviews so much. And it's such an incredible film that it can put a woman having an orgasm in a mm-hmm. diner right next to an elderly couple talking about how they met, which are my favourite stories of <sighs> all time. I cannot get enough of hearing how people meet. And old couples yeah. kill me. Absolutely. I've been on holiday with a friend and she had to like divert me away from a beachside <laughs> because there was an old couple sharing an ice cream and holding hands. Mm. It just, I'm destroyed. It really is so subversive and like brilliant to like bring these people in that we don't know that are reliving their own small little rom-com romantic tales. And to have those in this movie just feels so fresh, even to this day. Totally. And I think it also opens up your heart to your own romantic. stories because it feels so real. Oh, you're (laughs) killing me. This movie really plays into those tropes. One of the great ones is that idea of like the confidant, the best friend yes. that they talk to, they confess their loves to and their inner workings. And this one, I got to say, has two great stars in their own right, the late great Bruno Kirby and the late great Carrie Fisher, just doing this amazing comedic work as these supportive friends. Carrie Fisher mm. nails this role. Absolutely. In romantic comedies, it's about those secondary characters who really get the killer lines and the killer moments. It's really similar in Forget Paris where you've got Richard Masseur and Julie Kavner who are amazing as this bickering couple Mm. at the dinner table throughout. Um, But I think Billy Crystal steals the show at the end with his speech. I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. Gosh, I do love Billy Crystal. So much. Now, let me look into my crystal ball, and what do I see? It's another romantic comedy for you and me. What is it? It's The Holiday (laughs) for me and my old mates. (laughs) Fed up with being single on holidays, two strangers agree to be each other's platonic plus ones all year long, only to catch real feelings along the way. What a premise. I'm into it already. The cast, Emma Roberts, beautiful. Luke Bracey, stunning. Kristen Chenoweth, yes, please. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, this film really... It got me. I love a romantic comedy, as we've previously established. But one of the key things about it is those stars. Oh, and totally. we have got them right here. Starting with Emma Roberts at the helm. She is the niece of Julia Roberts, who we mentioned, rom-com royalty, angel from heaven. Thank you for blessing us by being on this earth. Uh-huh. But we met her in We Are the Millers, and you kind of get a taste that Emma Roberts is a great romantic lead, mm. but she's a little bit edgy. Yeah, I think that's what I really like about Emma Roberts. I mean... 
I'm a big fan of her. I think that she's very funny. It's that edge that gets me. And I feel like sometimes when you've got like those related actors, they have like a similar presence, yes. like Kate Hudson and Goldie Horn, or her brother, Wyatt Russell, and his dad, <laughs> Kurt Russell. They're all the same to me. I love them. But in this one, I think Emma Roberts and Julia Roberts bring such a different flair to this kind of role, to the romantic comedy, while Julia Roberts brings like this raw authenticity. Emma Roberts brings this really charming, bouncy broadness to the humour of them with that edge that's so important. She feels more like an heir to the Sandra Bullock type of romantic comedy. totally, who is a brilliant romantic lead because she is, as we said, she's got that edginess, she's kind of got that dry Mm. humour. Her in The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds is an absolutely beautiful rom-com. And I think that's exactly that kind of energy that Emma Roberts is bringing here. Fucking Holidays. I was so surprised and delighted by how freaking dirty and crass the humour of Holiday was. It looks so candy-coated and perfect with that year-round holiday glow, but everyone's effing and jeffing the whole time (laughs) with really nasty, crude jokes. I love it. Listen to this perfectly grubby little moment right here. Don't let me be the girl who shits her pants. Get it! I mean, I love Emma Roberts. I've loved her in the past. She's brought this high-maintenance quality to characters that's either redeemed or exploited for comedic effect. But here she's doing something really different with that energy. She's channeling it into this really cynical energy that I think fits so well in this modern rom-com mode. And she plays so beautifully opposite Luke Bracey. Doesn't she just? The pride of Australia. Mark my words. (laughs) Luke Bracey is going to be one of the biggest stars of all time. I'm saying it right now. You're putting it on the record. I'm putting it on the record. What goal does he have to meet to make this bet come true? I mean, he's already won in my eyes. (laughs) I fell in love with him during Little Fires Everywhere. I thought he was so wonderful in that series. We also saw a lot more drama from him in Hacksaw Ridge, but he is an excellent Mm. rom-com lead. He has this really kind of like carefree, macho Australian blokey character vibe, but he's also got this sensitiveness that is perfect opposite Emma Roberts and her cynicism. He's got like this surf water gruffness about him, and then we slowly come to realise like how soft and tender and sweet he is throughout the movie. It's like that perfect rom-com feeling that you just crave. Susie, I saw online a (laughs) video of you interacting with him and you looked even more spitting than you are now. Okay, fine. Look, he's absolutely adorable. Seems like a total gentleman and who was fine with me flirting ferociously (laughs) with him during an interview. So he gets my vote. Your vote for what? I don't know. President? President of your heart. (laughs) (laughs) You know... Technically, we've all been shitting our pants since we were born. Don't worry, okay? I'm not going to tell anyone. I promise. I also think it's like a wonderful subversion of the genre trope of having like that best friend, that confidant being played by Kristen Chenoweth, who is so funny and bringing her in to be like this kind of like... Ultra horny aunt. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was trying to find a way to say it, but that's how you say it. I think it's so funny. And she acts as like this mentor, bringing in the concept of the holiday and then just really riding it into the dust. So it's her character that sets up the whole premise of the film, which is to have this holiday so you don't get hounded by your family about why you don't have a partner during these key moments of the year. And then Emma Roberts' character takes that idea and runs with it. 
to her detriment. <laughs> and to her delight. And so it also hinges on this idea of the fake dating setup mm. where two of the characters decide that they'll just pretend to be a couple until further notice. Yeah, it's a trope that we see so often in romantic comedies like Pretty Woman, just go with it, the proposal. And we love this trope because essentially if we didn't have it, the film would end quite quickly. Yeah, I think the reason it kind of works is that it gives the excuse for that perfect setup of why aren't they actually together while still giving us hundreds of scenes of them being together. It's the perfect obstacle because it sets up a rule and a precedent of them not being together. But rules... They're made to be broken. They are. Will they, won't they? Hopefully they will. (laughs) Now it's clear you and I really are suckers for this movie. (laughs) Yes, we are. Who else do you think will get sucked in by this exact film? Honestly, I think everyone would love this. I Mm. think that it's got a lot of elements. It's a bit cheekier, so maybe it's not quite the family film for the holiday. (laughs) Maybe not. It's certainly immensely watchable. But not only that, I think this is the kind of movie that mid-budget comedy that we've not been seeing in cinemas for a long time because they got pushed out by like bigger blockbuster movies. Mm. Netflix has found a really great home for these films. Yep. So they do have that comfort, that nice like Sunday afternoon sit and watch comfort to them as well. It's going to surprise you here and there. So it's not something to just sit back and relax into. You're going to get a couple of little moments where you're like, oh, well done. Exactly. And I think that if you've enjoyed like this new modern and renaissance of romantic comedies that have found their home on Netflix. This is like the perfect one to kind of like end your year on, really. I could not agree with you more. And if you need any more convincing, two more words, Luke Bracey. (laughs) Two more words, yet a whole sentence was spoken. If you've fallen in love with the Big Film Buffet, follow it on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you get those new episodes as soon as they drop every single Tuesday. And comment, share that love, rate and review it. Tell a friend or a loved one or a potential loved one. When it comes to romantic cameos, you don't get much more beautiful than producer Michael. Thank you for joining us once again. Thank you for having me as my dream role, romantic cameo number one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And you're here with a purpose. That purpose is to play a little game that we call Film or Movie. Now, in this game, Michael brings us a title of a motion picture and we must declare whether it is a film meaning artful, artistic, uh, interrogating of the human condition, or whether it be movie. Mm, Delicious comfort. I love to watch movie and lose my mind to escapism. (laughs) Michael, what is the motion picture you totally have for us today? It is another classic (gasps) rom-com. It is Pretty Woman. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my word. Oh, my beating heart. Can I be honest with you? Yes. I've never seen Pretty Woman. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. This is a big blind spot for me. I cannot handle this right now. Yes. I don't know why. I think I'm scared of it. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what it's about and then you can make your judgment. Okay. Okay, So first of all, it's about this rich entrepreneur called Edward. Okay. That sounds movie. That sounds like Tony Stark from Mind Man. Okay. Well, hold on a second. (laughs) So it's a superhero movie is what you're telling me. No, that is not what I'm saying at all. He's driving down the street. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's stressed out. He's got this crazy businessman life. Wow, he's stressed. That's a film quality. Alexi, you need to concentrate on this. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. playing my ear. Okay. And he meets a sex worker and okay. he's, all he's asking for is directions. Mm. On the street or in your life. He Hold gets on. erections. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he picks up Vivian, who is a sex worker mm-hmm. played by 
Julia Roberts. Okay. And at first he's just like, look, this is just a social arrangement. I mm-hmm. just need you to come along to a yep. couple of my little like businessy things. I've got a few holidays to get to this yeah, year. Yeah, basically that's it. It's the holiday of the business world. Mm-hmm. And then trouble ensues when he starts to fall in love with <gasps> her and they have to bridge the gap between their two worlds. Wow, okay. If something is betwixt worlds... Allow me to tell you that is a film. Anything that bridges a gap betwixt freaking worlds, one world and another world, and something's betwixt them, that is a filmic cinematic quality. Look, I have to qualify this before we continue any further. There is not one thing that is better than the other. A yes. film and a movie are not superior to one another. There's not a thing going on here. But this is a movie. This is a $14 million <gasps> budget film. That's that, not that much money. No, but what was the Box office, I hear you asking, Alexi. Ah, uh, yes, I'm asking. Four hundred and sixty-three point four million dollars. Wowza! That's a movie, baby. That is something that is betwixt worlds, between the world of a film and a movie that I would say leans heavier into that filmic side. And I would say leans definitely into the movie side, but it's not up to you and I, it's up to producer Michael. Love of our lives, please tell us what this is. Who sits betwixt us both, two worlds <laughs> and something betwixt the word them. betwixt and cannot get it out of their head. <laughs> Michael, time to shine. Let me tell you, this is a movie... But let me tell you why it is a movie, because there is a little-known fact that this movie was originally meant to be directed by great film director Werner Herzog. Are you kidding me right now? I'm betwixt minds, and they're both (laughs) losing it. And look, the second Werner Herzog dropped out, it became a movie, baby. Alexi, my heart is full, but my stomach is not, so I think it is time for a little bit of dessert. The sweetest meal of them all. And this is one sweet film. It is one that we've both adored. Mm -hmm. It's called Always Be My Maybe. What do you think? That it might be even smaller and grosser than I remember. You better still be talking about my backseat. Reunited after 15 years, famous chef Sasha Tran and hometown musician Marcus Kim feel the old spark of attraction but struggle to adapt to each other's worlds. I love this movie. Randall Park and Ali Wong are so funny and sweet together. There's a friction between them that really helps build that chemistry out. They are absolutely brilliant together. There's so many cute moments in this. Because the characters have known each other their mm-hmm. whole lives, we get a little taste of their romance from their kind of first date moment, which is sitting yes. on a streetcar in San Francisco Eating Pocky Sticks, is there anything better than that? Uh, I don't think so. It's such a little specific treat that I just love it. It's so gorgeous. You might have fallen in love with Ali Wong before this movie. Mm-hmm. One of her comedy specials, Baby Cobra, is one of my favourites oh, of all so time. Or you might have read her books. Dear Girls is out now. It mm. is incredible. But she is not only a brilliant stand-up comic, she is an excellent dramatic and comedic actor. She's so good in this movie, and so is another comedian, Michelle Buteau. So good. Who should be in the pantheon of all-time great rom-com best friends. And then we get a little surprise cameo Mm -hmm. that I honestly wanted to stand on my feet and clap my hands when he hits the screen. Keanu Reeves. Perfect use of Mr. Reeves, who, might I say, has never told a lie on screen. (laughs) He is just sublimely funny in this movie. And still absolutely beautiful to watch. And the other thing is that Randall Park brings it Mm. so much in this film that you can have him opposite Keanu Reeves and your heart is torn in two. Yes, that's such a good point. He's magnificent in this movie. He's a perfect lead and so very, very handsome. And I think he gets the last laugh because you have to watch through to the end of the credits to get one of the greatest callback jokes of all time. I'm not going to say it right now, but Mm -hmm. please remember to watch the credits. 
Well, what's this, Susie? There's a little bit more than dessert. There's a whole box of chocolates of assorted rom-com favourites. <laughs> In a heart-shaped, delicious <laughs> box. Well, the first I'm going to pick out is one of my favourite movies. It's Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It. It's his feature film debut, which is an incredible subversion of the genre about modern dating in the 1980s from a black woman's perspective. And he even updated it with the Netflix series reboot, also called She's Gotta Have It, which is just as equally as inventive. Another one of my favourites is this movie called Down With Love, starring Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger. I think that this is a low-key masterpiece because it's this perfect recreation and satires of those 1960s, very chaste romantic comedies, and it just looks so gorgeous. My list of recommendations is so long, I could literally sit here for the rest of my life and still not get through all the rom-coms I love, so instead we'll publish it on the Netflix ANZ Facebook, so look out for it there. And it will be iconic, darling. (laughs) Well, Susie, we started this platonic date of ours talking about one of the all-time greats when Harry met Sally. And then we moved on to our main course of the holiday, but we remained platonic in our relationship. And then things took a turn for the platonic when we talked about (laughs) dessert, which was always be my maybe. Alexi, you had me at hello, but it is time to say goodbye. Being in love means you never have to say goodbye. I don't think that's the quote, but I love your effort. I'm sorry. You're forgiven. If you want to hear more from me, you can head on over to the podcast Total Reboot with me and Cameron James, where we talk about reboots, remakes and rip-offs in cinema, and we do it while being funny. Wow, that combination sounds very appealing to listen to. (laughs) And if you want to hear more from us, please come back and join us next week for our most intense movie yet, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. It's kind of a little play on a rom-com, but it's almost the nightmare inversion of it all. This is a movie that you and I have not been able to shake out of our minds for weeks now. And so we have to talk about it, so come back and hear what we thought. This episode was written and hosted by the adorable Alexi Toliopoulos and me, Susie Youssef. It was produced by Heartthrob Michael Sun and Dreamboat Anu Hasbold, edited by the gorgeous Jeffrey O'Connor and executive produced by Tony Beloved Broderick and Melanie My Heart Marnie. <laughs>